I'm Pastor Dan from Life Church, and today we're continuing in our message series, Jesus in Action, from the book of Mark. As a gospel, Mark emphasizes the actions of Jesus more than his words, so the gospel of Mark is the shortest of the gospels. But today our message is entitled, Opening Blind Eyes, and we're going to be looking at Mark chapter 8. Now, as we go through the message this morning, we're going to see that the blind eyes that we're talking about have two meanings. The first meaning is the physical meaning. We're going to see Jesus heal a physically blind man. The second meaning is a spiritual meaning. Those who are blind spiritually are not able to see who Jesus really is and put their trust in him. Jesus said in Luke 4, 18 and 19, he said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because he's anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor, he sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. In this prophecy of Jesus, who's quoting from a passage about the Messiah from Isaiah 61, he tells us that he's called to minister to four kinds of people. Jesus brings good news to the poor, liberty to the captives, sight to the blind, and liberty to those oppressed. Now each of these categories of people have both physical and spiritual meanings. For example, people can be poor financially and they can be poor in spirit according to Jesus' teaching. But today we're going to focus on Jesus' ministry of bringing sight to the blind. In the physical realm, a blind person lives in perpetual darkness. They cannot see the light unless they're healed. In the spiritual realm, the Bible teaches that those who are not believers live in spiritual darkness. They are totally blind. When they believe and become saved, they move into the light of Christ. Now, for example, when you go to an eye doctor and have your eyes tested, you'll probably receive a score for your eyes. A reading of 20-20 is considered normal eyesight. Now, between being totally blind and a normal reading of 20-20, there's a whole range of degrees of ability to see. If you have a reading, for example, of 20 over 200, you are considered legally blind. You can see somewhat, but not very well at all. Now, when someone is saved, they move from being totally blind to beginning to see the light of Christ. But each one of us can improve in our spiritual vision as we draw closer to Jesus and his word. And so there are degrees of spiritual blindness even among believers. So let's look a little more closely about spiritual blindness from the scriptures. 2 Corinthians 4 verse 4 says, In their case, the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. And so in this verse, we see the cause of spiritual blindness. The God of this world, mentioned in this verse, is Satan. Satan blinds the minds of all unbelievers so that they cannot see or understand the gospel of Jesus Christ. The reason that people do not believe is not simply a lack of intellectual understanding. There is an evil, demonic, and satanic influence that keeps them from seeing what otherwise would be easily visible, the good news of Jesus. Now, this is not necessarily a permanent condition. Each person who is a believer today was at one time an unbeliever and spiritually blind. But God worked in their lives through the Holy Spirit until they could see the truth of the gospel and believe. Now let's look at another verse dealing with believers in 1 John 2 verse 11. It says, Whoever hates his brother is in the darkness 
and walks in the darkness and does not know where he is going because the darkness has blinded his eyes. So in this letter, John is writing to the church consisting of people who are or, or claim to be believers. And John's point is that no believer should hate his brother because that would be walking in darkness. That would be evidence of blinded eyes. If the darkness begins to creep into a believer's life through sin, the remedy is to repent of your sin and let the light of Christ shine through you once again. The good news is that Jesus came to deliver people from blindness and he is still doing it today. So let's begin our study of Jesus opening blind eyes from Mark chapter 8. The first principle that we want to learn is meeting needs opens blind eyes. Our story begins in verse 2. Jesus said, I have compassion on the crowd because they have been with me now three days and have nothing to eat. And if I send them away hungry to their homes, they will faint on the way. And some of them have come from far away. Now, in this story, a large crowd had gathered to hear Jesus teach God's word. Some of the people had come from a long way and had now stayed for three days. Apparently, the people camped out and slept around there by night. After three days, the supply of food they had brought with them was, was just about gone. Now, Jesus was ready for this teaching conference to end, but he was concerned about the needs of the people. There were no fast food restaurants anywhere around. It was difficult for people to find food to eat. And so Jesus, speaking to his disciples, said that he had compassion on the needs of the crowd. He cared about them. And this was going to be a teaching moment for the disciples. How did they respond? Well, it says in verse 4, his disciples answered him, How can one feed these people with bread here in this desolate place? And he asked them, How many loaves do you have? And they said, Seven. So we see now that the disciples had no idea how to feed the crowd. They were in a remote area with no nearby opportunity to buy bread. Now, as we go through this story this morning, we're going to see that these same disciples had in the near past already seen Jesus feed 5,000 people with five loaves of bread. And yet, for some reason, they thought it didn't seem to apply to this situation. And so Jesus simply asked them, how many loaves of bread do you have now? And the answer was seven. It was more than the five they had available at the last miracle. But seven loaves and thousands of people was enough for Jesus. In verse 8, he directed the crowd to sit down on the ground and he took the seven loaves and having given thanks, he broke them and gave them to his disciples to set before the people and they set them before the crowd. So as before, the disciples were the ones to distribute both the bread and the fish to all the thousands of people in attendance. And as they distributed it, the supply miraculously never ran out. It tells us in verse 8, And they ate and were satisfied, and they took up the broken pieces left over, seven baskets full. And there were about 4,000 people, and he sent them away. And so at the end of the feeding, the seven loaves of bread had fed the entire crowd of 4,000 people, and there were seven baskets of leftovers. After the people's needs were met and they were fed, Jesus sent the crowd home. And through this miracle of meeting people's needs, Jesus was opening the blind eyes, spiritually blind eyes, both of the disciples and the crowd. So let's think a little more deeply about what, what God wants to teach us from this story. 
First of all, there was a genuine need of the people that could not be met in the natural. Therefore, they, what they needed was an opportunity, or therefore the need was an opportunity for God to work a miracle. And so Jesus helped his disciples participate in the miracle of the feeding of the 4,000. The miracle met the physical need of the crowd, but it also began to open the spiritual eyes, both of the crowd whose need was met and of the disciples who experienced and participated in the miracle. And so today, if you have a need in your life or you're aware of a significant need in someone else's life, ask God, what can I do about it? Perhaps you have the resources to meet the need in the natural, and that's great. Meeting a need through natural means also opens people's eyes to the love and power of God working through you. Meeting a person's physical need often opens the door to meeting their spiritual needs. Perhaps the need you are aware of, either in your own life or someone else's, is beyond your capacity to meet. Don't give up hope. A need beyond your ability to meet is an opportunity for a miracle of God. How do miracles happen? Well, perhaps a point that we missed in the story so far is what did Jesus do before he began to miraculously multiply the food? Well, he prayed and thanked God. For what? I believe God, I believe Jesus thanked God in advance for the miracle that was going to happen. And so we, when faced with a need beyond our ability to meet, to meet must pray and give thanks, trusting God to supply miraculously. Meeting needs opens blind eyes. The second principle we're going to learn in this chapter is that hard hearts lead to blindness. Verse 11, the Pharisees came and began to argue with him, that is Jesus, seeking from him a sign from heaven to test him. And he sighed deeply in his spirit and said, why does this generation seek a sign? Truly, I say to you, no sign will be given to this generation. And so the Pharisees had hard hearts against Jesus and his teaching. By this point in Jesus' ministry, they were aware of many miracles that he had done, feeding thousands of people at least twice, healing the sick, raising the dead, and driving out demons. And yet, they wanted another sign from heaven, supposedly to validate his ministry. Perhaps something to drive out the Romans and restore Israel as they thought the Messiah would do. Most likely nothing that Jesus would have done would be accepted by them. They had already made up their minds that they would not believe in Jesus. And so Jesus plainly told them that no sign fitting their requirements would be given to them. And then Jesus left the Pharisees and got into a boat with his disciples. And he spoke to his disciples in verse 15. He cautioned them, saying, Watch out! Beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the leaven of Herod. And so Jesus was warning his disciples about the leaven of the Pharisees. Leaven or yeast makes dough bread rise. It doesn't take much yeast to leaven a large amount of dough. Now in the Bible, leaven or yeast is often spoken of as symbolizing evil. And so Jesus was warning his disciples against letting their thinking or hearts be hardened like those of the Pharisees who did not believe in him. Now, when Jesus warned his disciples about the leaven of the Pharisees, they began to discuss the fact that they had embarked on this boat trip with only one loaf of bread. And so Jesus replied to them in verse 17. Jesus, aware of this, said to them, 
Why are you discussing the fact that you have no bread? Do you not yet perceive or understand? Are your hearts hardened? Having eyes do you not see, and having ears do you not hear? And do you not remember? And so the disciples were focused on the need for physical bread. But Jesus was seeking to teach them about spiritual reality, to open their spiritual eyes to see the danger of the hard hearts of the Pharisees. Their eyes were not seeing clearly. After Jesus had fed thousands of people with a few loaves of bread, why would they be worrying and complaining about not having enough bread to eat? Jesus specifically reminded them both of the past incident of feeding 4,000 and a previous incident of feeding 5,000. Verse 21, he said to them, Do you not yet understand? What did Jesus expect the disciples to have understood by now? Well, they should have had their eyes open to understand that Jesus could do anything. He could meet any need. He could do miracles. They needed to understand that he was not just a man, not even just a prophet, but that he was the very Son of God who came to forgive the sins of the world. Hard hearts lead to spiritual blindness. Now, I believe that we all want to have clear spiritual vision in our lives, to see the things the way God sees them. However, we all have a tendency to develop hard hearts that are full of worry and doubt rather than hope and faith. So what is the key to having soft hearts towards God and eyes that see clear spiritually? It's simply to see God at work all around us in people's lives, circumstances, and every aspect of life. The hard hearts of the disciples made them miss the significance of Jesus' miracles. They saw them, but it just didn't comprehend in their spirits. Ask God to help you see him at work all around. And as he shows you what he's doing, give thanks to him for everything that he blesses you with. When you get up in the morning, thank God for giving you another day to live for him. During the day, even in the midst of problems, be thankful for the provision that he's given you. When you go to bed at night, thank him for being with you throughout the day. The Bible instructs us to give thanks to God for everything. And so we're never going to run out of things to be thankful to Jesus for. And as we grow in thankfulness, seeing God at work in our lives all the time, our hearts will grow softer to him. We'll be able to hear his voice more clearly. We'll be able to follow his instructions more faithfully and see his light more brightly. Although hard hearts lead to blindness, soft hearts lead to seeing clearly. Because Jesus desires to give us new vision. Our third story begins in verse 22. It says, And they came to Bethsaida, and some people brought to him a blind man and begged him to touch him. And he took the blind man by the hand, led him out of the visit village, and when he had spit on his eyes and laid his hands on him, he asked, Do you see anything? So in our final story in Mark 8, we see a man who was physically blind completely blind. Friends brought this blind man to Jesus. They asked Jesus to touch and heal him. Jesus led him away from the crowd. And then he, he spit on his eyes and laid hands on him. Now, there are only a couple examples of Jesus using saliva in healing. Apparently, that was a, a common thing in which a holy man back then was uh, thought to use in healing. But there are many more examples of Jesus and other disciples using the laying on of hands and healing. 
The laying on of hands serves to transmit the power of God from Jesus to the man to bring about the healing. And when we pray for people to be healed, the Bible instructs us to lay hands on as well. And Jesus asked the man if he, he saw anything. And the man answered in verse 24. It says, he looked up and said, I see people, but they look like trees walking. Then Jesus laid his hands on his eyes again, and he opened his eyes. His sight was restored, and he saw everything clearly. And so the man had gone from being completely blind to seeing people, but he was not able to distinguish them. They were blurry. And so Jesus laid his hands on the man's eyes again. And this time, when the man opened his eyes a second time, he saw clearly he'd been completely healed. And so this is one of the only occasions in Jesus' ministry of a gradual cure or Jesus praying twice for a healing. The other case was the casting out of demons from the Gadarene demoniac we looked at a few Sundays ago, which took repeated commands. But Jesus had worked a miracle. He brought complete healing to a blind man's eyes. Jesus gives new vision. Now, in our last story, we see Jesus miraculously healing a blind man. Now, some say that miracles no longer occur today. They just occurred in the time of the Bible. But the Bible teaches that Jesus continues to heal people through believers' prayers. We see healing miracles performed by other disciples throughout the Gospels, beside the Apostles, in the book of Acts, and the rest of the New Testament. In this story, the clear need was for the blind man to have his eyes open so that he could see. There was no way for this to happen through a doctor. He needed a miracle. And we see the miracle happen through the laying on of hands of Jesus Christ. We also see a gradual healing that did not take place instantaneously. And so God desires for each one of us to step out in faith. And take the opportunities to pray for those around us who need healing. If we are sick, let's make it a priority to ask for prayer for healing as well, seeking medical attention. Jesus brings new vision and miracles into our lives. Now I'd like to tell you about a couple of God stories from one of our missionaries that illustrate some of today's points. One of the many missionaries that we support are Sam and Lisa Paris, who are stationed on the islands of Vanuatu in the South Pacific Ocean, east of, of Australia. This year, they've had to face two major disasters. The first was a Category 5 hurricane that hit the northern islands of Vanuatu. The second disaster came from a volcano, Mount Yasser, on the island Tana, on which the Parises live. Now, besides supporting the Parises, we also support the Assemblies of God Convoy of Hope, that brings supplies and food in disaster areas in the U.S., around the world, and to Vanuatu. So I'd like us to watch a short video by Sam Pierce of, of food, sacks of rice being delivered through the Convoy of Hope to the people after the hurricane destruction. Here in Pentecost, after uh, a bit of a wet ride to get here, it looked like kind of a drowned rat, but excited to be here. Had three boats of supplies uh, that are being unloaded right now behind me. Uh, you can see the full community here. We've got two big communities we're able to feed here. So, I want to take this chance to tell you thank you. Uh, you're making a difference, and we were able to be here because of your, your participation in this. So, love you guys. Appreciate you so much.
Now, the people were a bit suspicious of the food at first, but they were very grateful for the help they received, even though they'd never been visited by the Parises before. Now, the chief expressed interest in seeing them again, wanted them to speak to the whole community. And so, meeting needs was beginning to open blind eyes. On another trip of the Parises to the island, they, they met a chief who had a very deep and infected wound on his hand from being attacked by an octopus. Uh, he was swimming in the ocean seeking to fish and the octopus attacked him. There was no medical care on the island and the infection was so serious they thought it might well take his life. Sam felt led by the Spirit to pray for his hand that the Lord would heal it and he did. And three days, I mean three weeks later when Sam came back to the island with some more food, the chief excitedly greeted them. He told them that after prayer, his hand immediately began to heal and the infection went away. And he asked them, he asked the missionaries to pray for others who were sick in the village and invited them back again. And so God still heals and his power opens blind eyes to the gospel. We have a picture of the man whose hand was healed. We just see a little scab left. That uh, It was a, a terribly severe wound before. It's almost completely healed. And so God does still work miracles today. And let's pray that God would use us to open the blind eyes of those around us to the light of Jesus. This morning, I want to give you an opportunity to repent and become a believer. If you never committed your life to Jesus Christ, I'm going to give you an opportunity to pray with me and be born again and see the light. To do that, first of all, you need to admit that you've sinned, turn away from that sin, repent, be, believe that Jesus died to forgive you, and he rose from the dead, and see, commit your life to following Jesus as your Lord and Savior. So I'd encourage you to bow your head and pray with me right now, wherever you're at watching this message. Say something like this. Father, today I admit that I've done wrong, I've sinned, and I repent, I turn away from that sin. I believe that Jesus died on the cross that I might be forgiven. Please forgive me. Come into my life. I believe you've risen from the dead, you're alive today, and I commit myself to following you as my Lord and Savior. And for the rest of us who are believers, let's pray as well. Father, we thank you for your word that speaks to us in, in so many ways. We ask that you would give us opportunities to meet the needs of others so that their spiritual eyes will be open to Jesus. Keep our hearts soft to you as we keep a heart of thanksgiving. Help us to see you and your truth ever more clearly. We ask that you'd use us to pray for the sick and see them healed. We pray that you would work in our city and in our country to open the eyes of more people to the light of the gospel. We pray in this time of uncertainty in our nation that your will would be done on earth as it is in heaven. May all evil be exposed and may righteousness and justice reign. We pray for missionaries Sam and Lisa Paris on the islands of Vanuatu. We ask that you give them strength, protection, and wisdom as you serve, as they serve you there. We ask that the doors that you are opening there would lead many to become believers in Jesus Christ. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Now, if you've made a commitment to Jesus Christ or would like more information, I'd encourage you to connect with us via the link below this video. We'll pray for you, offer you some helpful materials. You can find out more information on our website, lifechurchstlouis.org. 
Our Sunday morning services are now open at 10 a.m. at 15036 Clayton Road in Chesterfield. You're invited to attend if you live in the St. Louis area. Online donations to help us reach more people for Jesus are available at lcstl.org give. And next Sunday, we continue our message series, Jesus in Action, from the book of Mark with the message, Who is Jesus? I invite you to join us then. God bless and have a great week.